Open your eyes. This is America. The greatest nation on Earth. Where rats have it better than Italian children. If we are to build an empire of hope, we must first conquer New York. Our New York is being threatened by a wave of brown-skinned filth. They just keep coming. We ought to ship them all back. We have to show America we are all people of dignity. I want to build an orphanage. Be careful. This place will eat you alive. Even the Pope cannot protect you from what may come. I am unashamed. What about you? So I made biscuits. You know, I do breakfast on Sunday mornings now since we do virtual gatherings. And so it's, we do the same thing. We take the Lord's up, but I make a big breakfast, you know. And then you and I have a debate during my own sermon. Because they, now, this, that last Sunday, like, I, I threw you under the bus. Oh, I threw you under the bus. I know. Course. And then they're telling me what you're saying. This is all happening in real time. <laughs> I'll, I'll make some, you know, some comment about, uh, he was Kay's favorite, you know, coming up and all. He kind of went down, and I was the worst, you know, and stuff. So I, I you know, well, so, I said, so you, I said, let's all guess who's the favorite. We all know Jace is not the favorite. I mean, like yeah. everybody can't agree on that. So we got a good laugh, and then so I gave. So Jace I always a, tried, you know, because we have a common bond between the brothers. <laughs> you can use each other as illustrations for humor purposes and uh so al he's just throwing me under the bus but everybody's watching i have to explain this to phil because he has no idea what he doesn't know what we're talking about yeah so you can go to there's a company called facebook and he does know about facebook because that's old zuckerberg it's facebook yeah Yeah. i don't know why they call it facebook it should be spacebook because it's your space but anyway so they had to think and you are the wall it should be you know face wall maybe or profile wall but anyway <laughs> so we're all watching it there and it's weird because you're talking to each other so i was throwing me on the bus everybody's laughing so i typed in public service announcement <laughs> only listen to al i think i put only take al seriously when he is quoting scripture <laughs> exclamation point but you know then you can see people like it you know and they use the emojis you know with the So they're having these conversations yeah virtually online the churches cuz they're all watching it at the same time <laughs> and interacting with each other while we're doing it it's it's really been a strange phenomenon this whole thing I mean you and my are I actually got know. that line from one of my buddies who said boldly he said, I've noticed something about you. I was like, what's that? He said, I only listen to you if you have a duck call in your hand or a Bible. <laughs> <laughs> and at first I started to say thank you, and then I thought, Wait, well, what are you trying to say here, buddy? <laughs> that was a sting. Well, Miss Casey, so, well, with Jason and I argued last night, and, and you know the family got together for some get-together, and I said, you and Jason are arguing. I said, y'all been doing that for a long time. Oh, and, I know. And he said, yeah, Jason said that you said you, you have a – have a, a free flight. To, <laughs> They're still going back to You're going to like We've this. Been I, about I said, that I don't flight. go around. Well, I said, there's no such thing as a free flight. I okay. Said, I, don't know where all, he got, I don't know where he got first that. First of all, Phil We're said. We're revisiting this whole flight. That was like back there in uh, season. Okay, and I got into it last night. <laughs> on Mother's I, Day. Well, look. Phil so, said so, it was so, a free flight. I said, no, Phil knows better than that. You pay big bucks to fly around. So here's what I did for her. Look, she hadn't got her Mother's Day card. As soon as we finish this podcast, we're going down there eating shrimp for Mother's Day, even though it's the day after. <laughs> well, you can because, make up with your mother, Jay. Oh no, here's what I did. I got her a card, and I I said, "A great mother is more valuable than money." Stop fussing. And I have ten one hundred dollar bills. 
Ten one thousand dollars. Oh, that's in the a, car. You're giving it to her. Yeah, that'll do you're, it. You're fixing to see it. <laughs> that will do it. She's your own Chase. I'm so sorry for what. The, oh, I know. I thought you know, Chase will talks. be her favorite Why today. Money talks and everybody else shoots a roost. Why was she trying to get off this argument? So I thought I told Missy. She's like, "What?" I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm trying to make a point here. Yeah. Well, this cost me a thousand dollars, but." <laughs> Well, Willie gave you what he gave you on the podcast. I want to be, be there and see that. Well, you're fixed to you're see fixed it. To I want to see it. 32 minutes. Uh, your troubles are fixing to end, partner. So, so I'm making breakfast, and I realize that I'm out of jelly, which to me, the way I was raised, I, I didn't really understand why. And I'm gonna. this is almost like an intervention for you, Phil. But I, I felt hollow. It's like everything I've just created. Is it created, your intervention or mine? It's yours. Okay. It, it went from me to you. Because I, I realized that I'm a victim of he's, the way I was he's raised. He's blaming you. Is what's you run out of jelly? So, so, yeah. So Do you what? ever run out of jelly? That does not happen around my house. No. So here's why. I'm a, This is no embellishment. I'm going to tell you just what happened. I oh, ate yeah. the breakfast. And no embellishment. The first question is, where's the jelly? I'm like, yep, I'm out. So I come down here the other day, run the nets, and I told Phil, I was like, hey, I need some jelly, you know? And he's like, yeah, yeah. So Phil, he leads me out of his house. We go to their little kitchen, you know? Well, we open this closet, and I, it was, it reminded me, because I didn't even know this existed. <laughs> it reminded me of like a wine cellar. <laughs> it was look, a jelly cellar. There's hundreds of jars of jelly. And look, they're all dated. And I'm like, I'm out of jelly? They have enough jelly for a hundred years for a village of people. And here's what's funny. He said, now what kind were you looking for? I said, well, I'd like some slow. And he said, well, here. Now he picked up, oh, that's 2018. Then he started telling me where he got the slow berries. And I was like, this is like a wine cellar. (laughs) I got 2018. Everything had dates and a story. And so I took two slows and one Mayhaw, which seemed kind of small compared to what I'm looking at. But he was giving it to me like it was gold bars. It is gold bars. There's a lot of people wanting to get into that particular cupboard. I mean, Phil, I didn't know. In that by age, you had escalated to this level Remember, of jelly Jace, hoarding. This is a good lesson for you. When you have a pandemic, just remember, always have plenty of jelly. The reason is it makes the world a little sweeter, well, even when there's a pandemic. So this story is not over. So we leave. I have the three jars of jelly. I put them in the refrigerator. So Missy wants to go to the plantation for the weekend. That's what we've been doing because she wants – she. She has to get out of the house. By the way, how was the slow jelly in Mayo? It was, it was fantastic. I mean, it it's better than anything. I mean, it would make, like, if you went and bought some jelly at a grocery store, it would literally make you gag. Yeah, it ruins to it. To try to eat them. And so we go out to the plantation. We're, we, we had her parents there because we hadn't seen them in two months since the quarantine. And they reached a point to where they said we'd rather die than not see you know, our family. That's funny you yeah. said that because because Jay's grandmother, she's like ninety one. Yeah, same deal. They were just like hold up the whole time, and so she they came over yesterday for our little Mother's Day celebration, and and I said, well, they walked in. And I was like, well, I mean, are we hugging or what are we doing? I thought the same. Thing. And, and look, she said, oh, I, hun, I started hugging yesterday. I just decided <laughs> I just I, life wasn't worth living I think without. We've a hug. reached the bottom of quarantine. Yeah. I mean, because you know how how Missy's parents they. You know they're they're rule followers. You know we're I have not laid eyes on them. But they hadn't even sent many texts because I think they were thinking, <laughs> "What if you know?" You maybe. Know, you know, Jace, I haven't been to a town of any kind in two and a half months. There you go. So whatever the people here today are getting out of me, you say this information coming out of me only mm. comes in little bitty spurts. <laughs> yeah, I'm under. Of course, I, I've always been about halfway locked down, but I mean, yeah. I'm just saying. You're this, a pioneer. Of well, social this was just a good excuse to say, oh, well, you know, pandemic. Mm. So, anyway, so we, I think, get up that morning. I mean, we sat around the fire. And, and by the way, uh, Mia brought a friend. She's 16 years old. Well, I noticed when we were sitting around the fire, and I had just met this girl, and uh, she had a, uh, what do you call those things? Ukulele. And I said, You want to sing us a song? I was kidding. She said, yeah, I'll sing you one. So I thought, 
well, okay. <laughs> Entertainment. Look, this girl opened her mouth, and I was, to say, shocked and impressed at the same time. This girl was born to sing. And so when she finished, she she did a version of Reckless Love, but it was like she just made her own version of it. And uh, I said, do you, where, how did this happen? Because I was thinking, do you sing at church? She said, nope. And she, and when I asked her that, she told me about her conversion story. She's like, I really wasn't raised in church, but uh, she said I came to Jesus two years ago, and uh, I really love worship songs, you know. And I was like, Well, where did you get that song? She was like, Well, I just, I just did it, you know. I, I saw it, and the ukulele is the only thing I've learned how to play. But it, it was, I was so impressed. I said, Well, I would like to be your agent. <laughs> <laughs> you told really? Missy, I said you. I mean, I told me, I said that girl's welcome at all times. Bring her because she's got. So one of these days, you'll. I'll introduce this this girl to you in some capacity because I'm telling you, it was the ten. It was in my top ten of most shocking things. Really, I've ever seen a human being do. And I said, have you ever sang in front of people? And she said, no. But I thought, what kind of person? Because I'm kind of intimidating looking. And she didn't know us. And she sang that song with as much heart and passion as anything I've ever seen. It was impressive that she just, just the performance. And I kept trying to figure out the where did she get this, and I couldn't figure it out. And so finally I just deducted. I said, I want to tell you something. I said, because I've tried to figure out how you're able to do this, and the only conclusion that I have is that God made you to sing. And I, I would like to be here with you. The in that birth process. of Jabal, he was the father of those who live in tents and raise livestock. His brother's gypsies. name was Jubal. He was the father. Here's the little girl's father. He was the father of all who play the harp or the flute. She's got a ukulele. Same thing. String instrument. She is a descendant of Jubal. A daughter of I'm Jubal. Glad we cleared that up. So the next morning, I cooked breakfast. Look. You know, Missy makes the biscuits. It's mm-hmm. fun. We're all we we because we were doing Sunday morning from the plantation, you know. And so she, the biscuits are ready. You know, I look and I was like, "Where's the jelly?" And she said, oh, "I forgot the jelly." Well, in that oh, the jelly you got down here out of the, the jelly whole cellar. Whole story about being out of jelly. Now we're going to the plantation. We're cooking biscuits. It's going to be the greatest. The jelly. I realized in that moment, right then, I thought this is all ruined. <laughs> <laughs> and it has all because <laughs> I thought because okay, it's thirty five like, minutes back. To I was going to say it's thirty five minutes. I actually said, I said I can be back here in seventy minutes, and she was like, "What?" I said, well, I noticed something, which I probably shouldn't have said this story, because now I'm now I'm mad, because I'm like, you're in, you were in charge of bringing the ingredients to the out of jelly, Uh-oh. and we're out of jelly. Is this back to the I intervention said, about blaming now? Because well, yeah, I said I went down to Phil's secret bunker and made the deal to get the jelly, and now you didn't bring it. And I I said, look, when we go. So now we're having a Mother's Day fight. So you Ladies and gentlemen, never on Mother's Day do you ever forget the jelly. I said, look, let me tell you something. I said, when we're in a duck blind, because we eat biscuits in the duck blind. Oh, yeah. I said, I have seen this happen many times. I'm telling her this, which I shouldn't have. I'm, I'm apologizing right now. I said, when someone forgets the jelly, I said, I started to say, I said, Phil will go back. And I was like, well, he sends someone yeah. back for the jelly. Yeah. And I said, guess what? If you forget the biscuits, nobody goes back. They don't go back for the biscuits. But if you have the biscuits, they go back for the jelly. We we we're eating the biscuits so we can get to the jelly. It's not vice versa. I would like to do a survey and the survey, ladies and gentlemen, out of all of you who are listening out there in the computer land, how many of you are still making homemade jelly from the fruit picked off the land. Less than 1%. So the people are listening to it. They're saying, what's up? Less than 0.01%. They've never tasted homemade jelly, and they don't know how to make it. I mean, Phil, you got the jelly. I'm with you, and I realize I have a problem of overvaluing (laughs) jelly because I I really was mad. I was like, you ruined the whole trip. You forgot the jelly. 
That, Jace, here's a thought that might not have ever crossed your mind. Why don't you and the little yuppie girl you're married to, why don't you learn how to make jelly, dude? Learn how to make it. Like you say, I learned how from my mother. Because it takes all day. I mean, you know. Well, it's a workhouse. I mean, which, is why, which is why it's so protected, right? Uh, let's take a quick break. So I hear from a lot of you that are now trying what we've been telling you about, Black Rifle Coffee. Uh, which they, is, they've been happy about our recommendation. Oh, they have been. It's it's wonderful. I mean, what's there not to like? Uh, you got good coffee. Yeah. The people who are doing it have served our country. Retirement military. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's a win-win. Yeah, these guys, it's a veteran-owned company. They're, they're very supportive of law enforcement, first responders. I mean, the, the same thing all of us are being supportive of. So not only are they good folks, but obviously they have a great product too, which we love. So I want to encourage you guys – uh, to check these guys out, BlackRifleCoffee.com. We're a part of the Black Rifle Coffee Club, which you get coffee once a month. And, uh, you know, our particular favorite is Murdered Out. They got a lot of really good names, cool names that I like with the AK and all this stuff. Uh, they got some new ones, Espresso with Cream, Espresso Mocha. Um, so that's some pretty cool stuff there. Uh, they also have a buy a bag, give a bag, uh, which they're donating to medical workers and first responders during the pandemic. So just everything about this company is fantastic. We love them. Blackriflecoffee.com slash Phil. And that's going to get, if you use that discount code Phil, uh, that's going to give you 20% off your first order on any of the products. And that includes the coffee club. So you want to check these guys out. Blackriflecoffee.com slash Phil. Use Phil, save you some money, and enjoy some really good coffee. So another thing that came out of the live stream, Jace, that that I thought was really cool was you're talking about songs. So because it's, it's funny because Missy uh, does the worship, you know, she and uh, some other people, but basically in charge of putting it together, and so. You know, obviously, when you're all together on Sunday, you know, they get up and we sing all together. Well, everything now is being done through the computer. So I, I don't know what they're doing or what they did. And so yeah. I, well, I'm like, well, we're running out of ideas. Well, right. So they got these things. Well, and, it looks like the, the, you were laughing so hard, the tears were streaming down oh, your face. It's just the jelly yeah, seller. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know the jelly tail would, would bring you to tears. Well, but. I just, look, I didn't realize we were that uh, hooked on jelly. I till, think Al is not – I don't think he was shitting. I think he was crying because anybody forgets the jelly. <laughs> Al started crying over what that story you told well, me. It was, it was a painful moment. It was tears of joy. And look, I, I didn't finish. I ate that biscuit without jelly, and guess what? <laughs> threw it up. No, I didn't throw it up. <laughs> I ate it, but the biscuit was well, fine. But he, he literally vomited. Thumbs down and <laughs> – well, I, I thought, mean, the experience, I realized then that I'm eating that biscuit as good as they are. They're homemade biscuits. Oh, yeah. Without the jelly? No. I, I don't eat biscuits without jelly, ever. Well, yeah, well two yeah. things are interesting. There. One is that Jay's fault with his wife and his mom on Mother's Day, That's which true. tells you something. something's going on. <laughs> and, but the, what I was going to say about the, the music was that two things happened, which you hadn't seen it yet. Now. Y'all don't watch it later today. Is that first of all, there's this song called Awesome God, which is a great song. It's one we've been singing for years. And our uncle Gordon does like the the lead part of it. Yeah. And so it's so, a riff kind of. It's kind of a riff. And he always mistimes and it's funny, you know, because he always messes up, but but he's so good at it, and it's almost just like you appreciate it. So it was such a great thing for the church, because I was in all the comments that all of a sudden they're singing online and all of a sudden here Gordon pops in. Yeah, because we do it and have squares. And look, what's funny about it is Perky, who's kind of our guy that, that arranges the stuff, and Missy, they start he starts off singing, then Missy pops up, she's singing like a harmony part. Well then Perky pops up again because now he's singing another, another harmony. harmony part or four part harmony. Then Missy pops up. Well then Gordon pops up singing the lead. And look, that was one take. They did all that, which I, you know, we never. Most people, I think, think, oh, they've been working, working for hours. No, they literally sang the part, sang the part, sang the part, sang hmm. the part. Gordon sang the part. It was really slapped it together. I mean, it's not a hundred percent flawless, which I think makes it cool. I, think I now cool. know Al that uh, 
when I, when I made the comment that when I, I keep a cupboard full of jelly, we still have some fruit to go, you know, some pears, dewberries, and yep. on to the slows. They're yeah, slow because they don't get ripe to August. <laughs> I said it made the world a little sweeter. I didn't realize forgetting it would 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 well, curtail. Look, I hate to make this morbid words, thought. Even even your 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 personality, with your your we're, emotional. We're back on the jelly, but look, we're we're gonna get to we John get six about jelly. fish and bread, and I was gonna make the point that you know I I, I look at bread in a weird way. Because I need that jelly, and because it's a pretty good leap, though the Jesus being the bread of life, you know. Oh yeah, but look, listen to me. You have more jelly than you will be able to consume. (laughs) So look, when when we get into the wheel and all that, just put one blurb at the end. (laughs) Jace is in charge of the jelly distribution. Oh yeah, that's exactly what we need after hearing your whole jelly. What gives one access? What gives one immediate access to the cupboard? Is in fact the ones on their hands and knees are over there in the water about knee deep. The mayhaws are falling in the water, swamp water. It's a swamp, little bitty apple that grows. But Phil, all those people are over seventy. Most of them are old, but but if you scratch around <laughs> under the trees to get the berries and all, it's a workhouse. Well, and we grew up doing it. So let me make one. I got to tell one more before we leave this topic because it was very touching. And people go, you can go to WFRChurch.org, by the way, and watch any of our stuff. The second song that came up right after Gordo was another song that I love. It's called Love One Another. It's a really pretty harmony song for acapella. Yeah, so, can I clarify on that? That one was a little more difficult because the distance away, Right. if you went Coles in California, right. it's impossible. There's a time delay. Yeah, that's tough. And so, I mean, look, it wasn't. Because people watching say, "Well, that that wasn't very good." It was hard to get. It was uh, very good. I, I mean, it's good, but I'm saying it's like the timing is a little off. But that's all because of the time delay. So here's what. So here's what it looked like though, Dad. <clears throat> You'll appreciate this because your grandkids. So Missy pops in first. You remember the song "Love One Another." Yeah. Love one another. So she goes first, the alto, and then Cole pops in, singing the bass part. You know, you know that part. And then Reed pops in with the tenor, tenor part, the God is love part. And then Mia pops in for that last soprano part. And then they all sang together. Pretty cool, Jason. Really, I have all I mean, your kids singing. It was yeah. really tough. I mean, you know, of course, there's, obviously it's my family. It was my niece's niece and nephew. Did you see the comments like, why and Jay singing? Yeah, they let, they let said, you. Hey, I'm I'm leading this outfit. I'm the what's the guy who does yeah. all this? You're the band yeah. director. Yeah, 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 yeah. You see, I'm up there. I've always wanted to do that, even if I could fake it. Plus, a man a man should not think of himself more highly than he ought. Look, I sing. that's a good text. Now, they're all singing. Let me kind of blend in and make them think I'm part of this show. I'll tell you this. I got I got this from Sai. Because I sing constantly in the grocery store. You know, I, 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 I sing in public. But I don't do it on purpose, like, because I know people like, well, you can't sing. But I, I sing. And uh, I, I got this from Sai. It may not be good sounding to the ears, but it's entertaining. Yeah. It's a joyful noise. Make a joyful noise. Because my kids laugh. Yeah. Every time. Oh, yeah. They come down, they're laughing. But really, in our family, Missy, you know, her, I guess she must be a daughter of Jubal. Yep. She's she's yeah. the only one that had a, a musical bent. Nobody else really does. I mean, we can all sing. But it's she, weird how that translated to our kids. Yeah, that's what I I'm mean, saying. It's, the genetics yeah. of it are pretty amazing. Because Reed just came. I mean, Reed can play nine instruments, and he's had zero lessons. By the way, so the audience will know. Uh, we don't believe guitars will send anybody to hell and all this stuff, but we just say. I don't think anybody's wondering that. Yeah. But, but just, we're just saying when you're singing a cappella and your family's singing a cappella like Jace is talking about, a few people get together, it's just something about no frills, which I'm, a, I'm into it's no beautiful. frills. I always get it from we have Jesus right before he was lit, went to the cross and they were in the garden and it says there's just a little phrase. A it, it says he got with his disciples and sang a hymn. I just always viewed that as a special moment. I, I like acapella music. Now, I would rather listen to guitars. And, yeah, you know what I mean? It, it's just better. 
But there's something cool. I think all our experiences at camp, you know, when I was coming up trying to find my way like everybody else, there's just something cool about being with young people out on a, you know, by a pond in the middle of the night and you just start, somebody starts singing to God. And I've just had a lot of my high moments in my Christian life was gathered around some people spontaneously singing around a campfire. There's something to it. it. it I'm well, telling you. And it's interesting because it. It, and it's, if you don't, like, that's one of the reasons why we tried to keep the tradition of it because <clears throat> it's the oldest. I mean, they were doing that. You know, that's right. I mean, that's, that's natural. But what, I had this conversation with Carly. She's my 14-year-old granddaughter. She and me are, are tight. And she was asking me about the parts, you know, because what's happening is she's grown up so much just in contemporary Christian. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really get the acapella thing because we don't really yeah. teach it much anymore. And so she was asking me about the parts. And so I was, and she said, well, the only time we've ever done that was at camp. They kind of put us in groups. And I was, you know, yeah. you know she was trying <laughs> so to figure out about perspective. You know, It is. And so hearing it from a young person was really interesting because we grew up learning it. Just kind of because we were taught that way. You know? One of the one of the first people I brought to the Lord when we were late teens, he's one of my good buddies. I remember he had lived such a you know hell filled life that when we and he and he surrendered to Jesus, he he was sincere. But when we went and met for the first time at the building, I remember while we sang, I was like, "Look, you can you can join in, you know." And he he said, "I I, I just can't." I'm opening my mouth, but it won't. It's like I'm just embarrassed. <laughs> and I said, well, I said, I think that's the transition from what you've been doing yep. to now, which is being vulnerable and unselfish and you're singing to God. I said, it may take a little time. But I forgot about that conversation. And a few weeks later, he caught me in a parking lot, and he said, I sang for the first time today. Yeah. And he said, then I got teared up. I was like, well, that's a good thing. That's right. I said, because now you're starting to understand this ain't about you. Right. You, you need to be broken sometimes that's about right. you know our past and where we're at. Well, you said that, Dad, when you first com- converted, to, you know, came out of your worldly thing. It was hard to sing at first just because— I couldn't sing a church song. Yeah, it was just so foreign to now, you. That tells you right there that you're under the control. You were under the control of the evil one. You just think about it. singing. I was fun. looking at everybody else, and I'm thinking, and I looked down at and the words, you know. Yeah. You know, Jesus loves me. Now. I just said— <laughs> I, I just couldn't say. This is exactly what but you described. But now you do. Now I do. Yeah. So I think it's a I, – I like being in situations where people sing even though they can't. I mean, you know, like someone like Missy, she's hearing how it sounds musically, and I have to help her right. understand that some people we get to sing, even on our teams and all, they don't have the greatest voice. Right. But I always tell her the same thing. I said, but I love their heart. Yep. And she, I think I've helped her with that. Yeah. Because I'm like, it doesn't, I don't care how it sounds all the time. If you got the people that love Jesus, and especially if they have a, you know, a story, I was like, I want them singing. It's the same thing about speaking, Jason. You and I learned how to do it the proper way. But when I hear somebody get up and they don't really have a ability, but their heart just pours through it. I mean, like they're doing a lot of things. If I were just going at it from the way you're supposed to present, mm. you know, a presentation is uh, all wrong. But the heart just, I mean, you know. I mean, it's like we have a guy we've mentioned many times on this podcast at our church who, uh, the man, I, I don't, hollers, screams. I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> and at first it was, it really bothered me because yeah. I thought he's, this guy's a distraction. Right. I'm, I'm going to, how am I going to confront this guy? It was but after a while, once I got to know him and realized his personality, and he's a real emotional person, and he, you know what? It's just kind of how it how it is. And the more I stu- I really studied before I confronted him. There's way more about shouting in the Bible than That's there right. is singing. And I thought, you know what? We have a shouting section, and I invited him to be a part of our Holy Roar class. <laughs> he can't sing uh, if he's listening. Sorry, brother, but. <laughs> I love your attempt, but he shouts well. Oh, he does. And so we've done a couple songs where I'm Who, like, and who's gotten mentioned more than him during the last day? Every time I would, he usually a, just shouts Jesus, which is awesome, which is always right. Let's so. take a quick break. So uh, during the pandemic, I guess, Dad, your home is your safe haven, right? I mean, you haven't left home in how long? Two and a half months? Two and a half months. Yeah. I mean, home's important. Sure. What would happen if someone stole your home? 
And I don't mean drive off with it if it had wheels. Well, there'd be a big conflagration and a big fight. <laughs> and well, you you wouldn't give it up easily, right? Whoever said they, it was theirs. Yeah, but you wouldn't know. I would they, say, I ain't moving. This is virtual. They steal it online. So you wouldn't really? know it. One of the fastest growing crimes, the FBI. And you wonder why this. I'm a little bit dubious of high-tech gadgetry. And look, it's a problem. That's one of the reasons. Right so there. most people's legal title is kept online. And so now, of course, people hack into systems and they can steal literally the title to your home. So there's a company called Home Title Lock that will basically put a barrier protection around your information. So it's HomeTitleLock.com. You go there, you register your address, make sure you still own your home because uh, you don't want to get in a fight like Dad's talking about. If you use the code FEEL, you get 30 days of free protection to help you through, you know, if you have a problem. So 30 days free, HomeTitleLock.com, enter FEEL uh, to get your savings and protect your home. So I guess we need to get to John 6. Yes. <laughs> Because uh, that's where we are. Um, I, I thought it was interesting, Dad. You know, there's a saying. I don't know if you, I don't know if you said it or Mom said it, but I've always heard it growing up. If you feed them, they will come, right? That's I mean, an old, that's Miss Kay's old line. Well, yeah. think about how many special moments over some singing that you have over a meal. Even what we did for Mother's Day, we go out there, even though we forgot the jelly. <laughs> I mean, we're all gathering up around the meal. Even our show that was on for years, even though it, you know most of the spiritual religious stuff was edited out of our personalities, they they put that meal and that prayer, which became kind of the signature moment. People equated us with being people of faith for that one reason i've always wished that they would have run more of the spiritual things we said but they cut them out yeah i said where are y'all from they said new york and san francisco i said i get it i think it was la uh, la uh, la close, close well, oh sam yeah la and new york i'm like uh and y'all are you don't want me to say in jesus name amen they like that's right yeah so I gave my prayer one time. You know, I said, Lord, I pray that you uh, give these people time to repent before you burn them in hell for not using your son's name in a prayer. You're trying to make a point. With it. It might have been and I some. got done. I said, in his name, I do pray. Amen. I looked up, and the film crew were looking at me. They're like, Mr. Robinson, could you give us another prayer, maybe tone it down a little? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably not going to make the cut. But in a way, in a way, it was kind of – it worked out, you know, which God works everything out for his glory, but it worked out even better in the sense that I think it made people seek that part out more. You know, it was because there was something about it and they weren't sure. I mean, it was a lot of funny stuff, a lot of goofy stuff, but there was something they were, they were, there was something emanating out of the show. That's where this podcast came from. We I mean, had an effect on the, the producers and all. Sure, yeah, and and, and the world. I but mean, you got to remember my philosophy. I won the sound man over to to God. Old yeah. old birds. One of them. You that know, was another show. Yeah. His deal was, how come I never hear any of y'all cuss? He said, I've been all over the world filming people. He said, not one cuss word. He said, I know you're doing it because I've got you mic'd up and I'm listening for a slip of the tongue. Somebody to use profanity, Mr. Robinson, in your family group. He said, I- I've never heard anybody use any profanity but us, the, the ones who are filming the show. Yeah. And he said, I've got you all mic'd up. Do- Does anyone ever curse? Do they use? I said, no. He said, why? He said, because this is the most vile production crew I've ever been around. I said, I'll talk to you about that later on. It wasn't Look, <laughs> later on, I sat down with him, and I explained to him Jesus, his death for his sins and his resurrection. The guy was converted because originally he, well, he was his, intrigued got, by not attention. hearing cursing. And when I told him why, he was converted. And to this day, he still keeps in touch with me. In between film shoots, and yeah. he's doing it great. It was weird, all those awkward conversations we had had, because they would 
you know, drop an F-bomb. Then like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. You know, it, 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 that happens so many times. He said, I'm finding people, they're coming in here and they're telling us, don't be cursing around these people. They don't They do really it. tried, but yeah, they you did. just can't. Nah. You know, I was like, look. Too I'm, much I'm L.A. A, and I'm too a, much New York City. <laughs> <laughs> but what I was going to say is my philosophy, is, and I think maybe the reason that it happened the way it did is I think the key – to finding Jesus is getting him out of a church building into real life. And even where we were just at in John 5, getting him out of the Bible where it's not a book, you know, of rules. Well, and fire that. it up, yeah. Jace. Get on, get on John chapter 6 and elaborate. Well, we're here. I, I love this. <laughs> I mean, this is deemed a controversial chapter. People avoid this like the plague because later in John 6 when Jesus – says this profound statement 53 i'll tell you the truth unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink in his blood you know you have They're a no bunch life. of cannibals well right because you hear these cool stories he feeds the five thousand, which we'll get into he walks on the water then he talk, starts talking about i'm the bread of life well all of a sudden you're like no this is cool this is going on oh, this is getting weird this is getting weird. Then he's like, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood. And then they're like, okay, We're this is here. a cult. <laughs> this, now, then they get in the conversation about, you know, the demons. And right, yeah, right, he's right. so, but I, I don't really blame him. I mean, if I heard that today, I would probably be, because you know how we are. We're so skeptical. Even about different different denominations, I was going to say religions, but even different denominations around Jesus, you go visit somewhere and all, you're kind of waiting for the. Now let me see. This is good, okay. And then you're like, I don't know about that now. And, and that's just kind of how human beings are are wired. When well, you tend right. to think negatively about <clears throat> you it. set the stage properly because it starts in verse two, John six two, a great crowd of people followed him. So the question well, is wait why. a minute now. It actually starts in one where it says they crossed on the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. Look, where I've been, I was here. And so I saw this. And Could I, you see it, the other bank? Yes, I immediately thought of this story. No, it's way off. But it's like a big bowl with like a ridge, another ridge, another ridge. It's like the higher you go up, you just see more. But you can see the entire sea. Now, it's just about as far as you can see, and the ridge is in the background, but it's so like it's it more keeps, like a giant lake. It, 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 yeah, that's what it's kind it, of what it no, felt I mean, like. No, right. a giant, giant, giant lake. But you can see across on the other side. Yeah, which is interesting. So, so this great, the great crowd of people followed him because here's the reason why they saw the miraculous signs he had performed on the sick. So, to your point, it's you know, the crowds are big when. Stuff's going on, and it looks like, man, this is exciting. And and then he, get, by the time we get to the end of chapter six, that crowd starts getting small again. This is a ancient. But, this is an ancient Woodstock event. But he did right. clarify. Right. He clarified, and I know I've read this in other podcasts, but I really like this. He clarified in verse twenty six because he said, because they looked up and said, "Well, how'd you get here?" Because that's why I think it's important for being there. Because you can pretty much figure out how people got from point A to point B because you can see the whole Sea of Galilee, even though you're looking a few miles, I guess. Because they, in verse 25, he said, when they found him on the other side of the lake, right. they asked him, well, when did you get here? Because you could pretty much have somebody watching in and out. I got on a boat and rode up one side and down the other. It took right. me all day. but. So Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, and he kind of clarifies this. One, he says the miraculous signs, but he says you're looking for me not because you saw miraculous signs, which seems to be in contrast to what he just said, right. but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. It's even worse than we thought. <laughs> I mean. They're following you, the grub. <laughs> that food is good. <laughs> this this bread doesn't need jelly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is why I wanted to tell that. Story. I told you, I said I'm going to tell you a story because I knew where we were at. Because I, I, as good as that biscuit was, I thought it needs the jelly, or it's not complete. Yeah, I mean, I didn't pull a feel at when I was about 12, and you were real early in your faith, and it was probably an embarrassing moment as you look back now. 
but Kay forgot one of the ingredients in the biscuits, and we were all, because we had to wait for Phil to go first, you know, he gets the biscuits. He took one bite, and so then everybody else can join in. And he ah, he grabbed the pan, opened the door, broop, threw it out in the yard. <laughs> I don't remember that. Oh, I remember. I knew that one. Because Kay that. was like, what? That's when my faith was a little weak. Well, yeah, I told you we were yeah, young. It was. It was now. The, I'm just taking it. Well, I won't kill you. Let's eat it. Yeah, you threw it out and was like something ain't right. And she's like, well, I didn't have su- such and such ingredient, and I tried to just slip it by you. Yeah, you don't slip it's it like, by him. No, that's but, one of the poorest reflections on me I've heard lately. I know it was. <laughs> threw the biscuits out. Oh, How old was I? Thirty. Well, oh, I was young. probably ten or twelve. So, you young. but I remember it. I thought. Man, I would have eaten that biscuit despite the missing ingredients. <laughs> I was hungry. <laughs> but, but these people are after the grub, which with the old saying, Miss K's, if you feed them, they will come. There is something to be said about well, that. There's an application right here to all churches. People come for the blessings instead of the blessing giver. That's right, yep. which we've talked about before. Let's take yep. a quick break. We are at a tipping point in America. With 400,000 children in the U.S. foster care system and a quarter of those awaiting a forever family, Christians must step up. This is Jack Graham, senior pastor at Prestonwood Baptist Church, inviting you to Chosen, a summit addressing these urgent needs on Saturday, April 13th. Chosen will empower churches to begin foster care and adoption ministries and equip families who are adopting or fostering. We have great speakers joining me, including Sadie Robertson-Huff and Governor Greg Abbott of the great state of Texas, along with dozens of breakout sessions. I urge you to join us and help make a difference in the lives of these precious children. Register at Prestonwood.org slash chosen. Jace, you're doing good. Well, I've said, the, I've said the same thing about the miracles a hundred times. And look, I've gotten a few emails about it because they're like, so you, so you don't believe in miracles? You've missed the entire point. <laughs> So I'll I'll say it again. Having Jesus as your Lord and being on a friendly basis, as in he said, you know, I will never leave you or forsake you. You, you, I, I will protect you. I know your name. I will be your shepherd. If you have him who is capable of doing miracles, what, what do you actually need the miracles for? I'm not – if he wants to give me one, great. I guess I have something greater – then that miracle, which is the point he was trying to share here. Well, and look, the reason you're right is because you look at verse 5, and I love this. Jesus never misses an opportunity to disciple and teach his disciples. Verse 5 says, Jesus looks up. He sees this great crowd coming, like Jay said. You can imagine coming around the deal to be there with him. And he looks to Philip, you know, and, and remember, Philip was one of the first disciples. And he says, where should we buy bread for these people to eat? And, he, and then it how said, gonna, "How are we going to feed this bunch? Feed this bunch? Well, and then he he asked this to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. So I love that about Jesus. He knew what he's about to do, but he 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 nudged. You know, he he gave old Philip a little nudge there. But look, Philip says, eight months' wages would not buy enough for anybody. Everybody to have one bite. <laughs> you know, he's like, what are you talking about? You're crazy. But then I love look at Andrew, who was another one of the first ones." He says, and this is Peter's brother, here's a boy with five barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will that go among so many? But I like it because it shows he had a little bit of faith, like, well, here's a here's some stuff, but, I mean, you know, it's almost like he's embarrassed, but at the same time. It might. It, I don't think it'll make it past the first row there. <laughs> it's exactly right. <laughs> well, it's almost absurd. Right. Yeah. But, but here's the point, and just to go off what I was just – just saying, here's what people miss, what they missed, and here's what people, I think, in the church miss about these stories. If you go through the whole chapter and you pick out the supernatural powers that Jesus showed that they missed, and I'll give you an example. I'll give you a few examples. In verse 6, it says, he asked this only to test him. Here's the phrase, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. I mean, that that's God's already He has the plan. He he knows what he what he's gonna do. But if you would have got caught up in the question, he already knew because he knows 
he he has the cap the capabilities to know at different levels what's going to happen, what you know, what didn't happen, what should happen, what I'm going to do. So there's one. Here's another one in verse fifteen. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, which I know we'll get into this later, mm -hmm. withdrew again to a mountain by himself. What well, you know, it's kind of hard to hem up a person who knows the future. Uh, he's certainly not like any local politician <laughs> because he says they want to make me king. I'm heading to the hills. And he, he runs away from the crowd. He gets you out of there. That's yeah. exactly right. And then in verse 19, you know, when he actually walked on the water, and I'm not, I didn't even read where he actually somehow made the bread and fish multiply without anybody really noticing I think it. it's just appearing on the uh, ground, and, the, and it just he, keeps well, – it's like a fast-growing plant. And but, but, So then you do that. Then you get to 21, and that when he finally did get in the boat, there's a little small statement that says, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. I saw that. You ever had that happen? I saw that. <laughs> You're in one point. It was like without, here, boop, It was over there. Without like, your knowledge <laughs> – Boom, the boat moved, and you're there, and you don't really realize it. Just what just happened. What happened? We're here. I don't remember. It's foggy. All right, the, I've just picked out four things, and we had not even gone through the first. He knows what was going to happen. He knew what was going to happen. He's walking on water, which is not possible. He's multiplying food somehow. He's moving boats without your knowledge. Uh, then he... Famously said in verse 35 when he said, I am the bread of life. How could you make a statement like that? I mean, just what? We, we've heard it so many times. I think you'd make the, the answer was, look, I walked on water. I got the boat from one spot to another, and you didn't even know what happened. I got 5,000 people here. <laughs> Grub going in every direction. Uh, therefore, I'm the bread of life. What do you think? <laughs> Well, just think Did about how, if you had never read the Bible, because they didn't have one, I mean, the New Testament, and you didn't know about Jesus and all this, and we're down here on a river, and somebody, you know, we're eating some bread, them, bread and he, fish, he, he and, look, and somebody like a, says something to you and says, hey, Phil, I'm the bread of life. Yeah. What would you think if somebody made that kind of statement? I, I would have, first thing I'd say is, whoa, whoa, whoa here. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know what you've done. You'd have grabbed your AR-15 over there. Yeah, what? No, what, who, where are you from, boy? Let's uh, let's take one last break. So, if you go to Matthew 14, which is another, you know, eyewitness account. Well, hold on, before you read that, because I have one more, and then I was done with the chapter six. The last one was in 64. It says, "For Jesus had known from the beginning." Which of them did not believe and who would betray him? Which he's talking about Judas. Yeah. But I just man, wanted man, to get that. Scary. I wanted to get that one little phrase about he's operating on a different level in every chapter we read when it comes to what we use sophisticated words, omniscience and omnipresent and all powerful. That's what people were missing. Maybe when I'm studying with people and I've studied with a many one of them through the years, I find myself saying in my mind, I hope this is one of them. I hope this is one of them. I'm, I'm referring to he knew from the beginning the ones who did not believe. I, I always think in my mind, Lord. Yeah, well, we I don't hope, know. That's don't what's know. interesting. Which you is, have to treat everybody. I, know, I just always am thinking, I hope this is one of them. I'm praying for him. Yeah. him well, Phil, him I'm see. looking at it like I, God sent him here. Yeah, well, me too. Whether he responds or not, oh, I me think too. God knows. Because that was another question we had sent in, you know, and I really believe that. I think the question was, what happens to people who don't hear the gospel? How many have I've you heard, heard that question what? millions of times. Well, that's why we're here. Yeah, how many <laughs> letters so have we gotten? And I've just got them pile of them last week. Miss Cage shows me some of them. Y'all got to remember, way too many letters. But some of them, she'll say, this is an interesting case right here. We get a few of the letters. Most of them go to North Carolina over there. They're looking at them. But, but some of them, they say, it changed my life. 
I heard the story of Jesus, heard you all on the podcast, changed my life. That's probably the but, but – one, one guy said, man, I, there was filth coming out of my mouth. He's a country Phil, western my, singer. My point is, here's my here's what I'm trying to – He said, I, I quit here, cussing, but look, Phil. <laughs> if you realize that God's all-knowing, and Jesus illustrated, he's all-powerful, he's omnipresent, he's eternal, he's love, everlasting, all these qualities that God is that we're not – then when somebody asks a question, well, what about the people who, who don't hear the gospel? Well, you just came up with something that is so – what happened? He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He knows all scenarios that could happen, whether they did or not. And now all of a sudden you're going to ask like some question that he can't do something? That's right. That, that's why we're here. Oh, he'll work it out. <laughs> I, I, I got a whole book. He's making – he's feeding thousands of people with a couple of fish. I mean, he's going to – And by the way, this the this isn't his first rodeo. Remember, Jesus has been there all the way through. He was God, so he's always been there. So when manna came down out of heaven and quail flew out, you know, big well, quail feeds. We, we need to get into that for our next podcast because right. we're out of, about out of time. But I sabotaged you. We're going to read Matthew. Yeah, well, I was going to make the point that just – Sometimes when you try to imagine what it might look like, the Matthew account gives you a little better visual picture that Jesus is breaking this bread and passing it out, and the disciples are then passing it out through the people. And so as he's doing this, he just keeps passing. And so what started out as a finite you know, bread and fish is now going way beyond. And so, look, as he's doing it, the 12 basketfuls that are picked up, it wasn't out amongst the folks. Trust me, they weren't They weren't just throwing food this off This was the like side. men coming and women coming out of dirt. That's exactly right. And, <laughs> and so after he gets finished, everybody eats. Then they come up and scoop up. Everything was just falling 12 out Twelve baskets full. Oh, I'm baskets interested full. in that process. That's really I mean, I'm wondering if they were noticing the process. Or it was was a lot of people, and he's probably up higher than they are. I don't even know that they knew, other than well, the like food the, was flowing. Well, it's like the boat being moved. I'm under the impression, even though it doesn't say it, that they didn't realize it. So That's the, the number the number was five thousand men. men. Men, and then there were also women and children. Yeah, you're like, so you know that that number just tripled. But if you had a crowd on, the, I don't, I don't want to misspeak. But I'm pretty sure if you had a crowd on the Sea of Galilee that size, I think you could see it from around the whole. I think you would. I think you could see it. Maybe so. I don't know. I mean, which would be there. incredible. Which would be yeah. amazing. I mean, just you're up there, and all of a sudden, this. I don't even know how to describe that. This endless supply of fish and bread so is we'll, coming from doing this. It just keeps coming. You know, feeding 10,000 plus people. And then these idiots are saying, hey, you got some more? And they're missing <laughs> the guy who has the ability to do it. That's right, which is what I we'll say talk. that idiot affectionately. That's, that's an affectionate idiot, which we all are. So we'll, we'll uh, pick up here. There's a lot more to unpack in this next time. So we're so glad you guys were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or YouTube or Facebook. And be sure and rate us on iTunes so that other people can know about the podcast.